Good morning. It's you might not understand his accent. It's a. It's got this twang. But uh, I'll I'll stand here and translate. Amen. Amen. <laughs> no, it's good to be here this morning. It's nice to see you all. And uh, I just pray that God will bless His word this morning. Uh, I love that psalm that uh, Bill started off with. I'm going to start off with it. Uh, at Psalm 112 again because I just want to take a phrase out of it uh, which is going to lead me into where I want to go this morning in the spirit. I was awakened uh, uh, during the night uh, and I was uh, I was hoping to bring a different message today but you know when the Holy Spirit comes and, and directs you uh, I've just got to go with it and even when I came in this morning I had my, a wee bit of doubt about the message I had but uh, I trust the Holy Spirit, amen? I trust the Holy Spirit just to bring us his word. And it was that wee verse up that, uh, in Psalm 112 that really caught uh, my eye this morning. And it's verse number two. His children will be mighty in the land, amen? amen. And we, we are the children now in this day, in this generation, who are in the land. And God wants us to be mighty, Amen? God wants you and I, doesn't matter what age we are or what's wrong with us or what's not wrong with us, God wants us to be known as the mighty in the land. Amen? It's not the government. It's not the institutions. It is the church of the living God that are the mighty in the land. Amen? Amen. And I want to waken you up this morning <laughs> because you, you've, you've maybe not heard a speaker like me for a wee while. I know Bill's a great speaker. I, I know that, but uh, I... Uh, I tend to shout a wee bit and, uh, and get excited because I get excited about the Word of God, amen? I really do get excited about the Word of God because it is the Word for today in this day and generation. And I want to say this morning that God expects you to, to be mighty. Uh, it's not a special privilege given to a few. God expects every one of us to be mighty because of His abundant grace that is poured out on every one of us. And we have the capabilities because we're filled. If, we, if you're a child of God this morning and you really have come into the kingdom of God, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are filled with God himself. And um, the power and might of God dwells in you and dwells in me. I don't know if that gets you excited or not. If you want to jump up and down, you can. Because it gets me excited that God has chosen us to be his feet, his arms, his tongue, his eyes, to represent him in Glasgow, in Garngad, in this day, in this generation. This place has a legacy, hasn't it? The Foundry Boys and all that took place here in generations past. But that's past. God is raising up a new generation today that's going to have a legacy for the future, amen? And I want you to feel part of that legacy this morning. I want you to say in your heart this morning, I want to be part of that legacy that in 50 years' time, if we're still here looking back, there will be a legacy that you've left because you've become the mighty men and women in the land, in the city of Glasgow, amen? What a wonderful privilege God has offered to you and me this morning is to be the mighty men and women in the land. I want to tell you just a wee bit about myself because a lot of you don't know who I am. Uh, I'm Bert McCaig, born in March 1945. 
and called uh, into the kingdom uh, on the 26th of uh, January 1954. So I've been a Christian for all these years. I like this one, it's been longer, but uh, I've, been a, I've been a Christian since 1954. Uh, as a nine-year-old boy, I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ because I knew that I needed to be saved. And I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ as a nine-year-old boy. I was doing my papers one day. I would be about 14. I wasn't 15, but I was still at school. And I was, do, I was doing my papers one morning. And as I was, uh, not in the morning, it was evening. It was evening when I was on. And I was climbing up a wee brain, Bones. I don't know if you know where Bones is, yeah? It should be the central capital of Scotland. It should be the capital of Scotland instead of Edinburgh, but... It's, uh, it's in Bones, and uh, I was climbing up this wee hill, this wee bray, and God stopped me. He stopped me in my tracks, and I was only 15 short trousers with a paper bag on my back, delivering papers, and God put a call on my life. God says, I'm calling you to be a preacher. And that was, uh, that was before I was 15. And I want to tell you, I knew that God was real and God was calling me with a plan and a purpose of my life. Why would Almighty God, the God who created all the worlds and the beings, why would he visit a 14, 15-year-old boy with a message? Because I want to tell you, God is interested in every one of our lives. There is not one of your lives that God is not interested in this morning. And he, I, I, said to, I said to God, yes. Immediately I said yes, because I had been... I've been studying my Bible since I was eight, nine years old. I love, I love the Word of God. And, as, and when that call came, uh, my answer was yes, but there was a but. As I said to the Lord, but you know what you've got to do. Because I had the most horrendous stammer. Uh, I couldn't put two words together. School to me was an embarrassment. And the teachers always picked on you to stand up and read a poem or read something so that the class could get a laugh at you. And I can feel the back of my neck still get red as I stood up there and I tried to go through a poem or something that the teacher had asked us to read. So I said to God, you know what you've got to do. If you're calling me to be a preacher, nobody's going to come and listen to a message that takes 45 minutes to deliver a 15-minute message. And I'm not saying anything against anyone. If anybody's got a stammer in this, in this room today, it can be touched, it can be healed. And when I was 16 years of age, which is about 60 years ago, the minute I stood up on a platform to speak for the first time, there was no stammer. You see, when God calls, God equips. And he's stood by me for 60 years as a preacher. I haven't always been as faithful to him as he is to me. But he has never, ever, ever let me down. In the past 20 years, 25 years, God's called me to move all over Scotland. He's opened doors in Scotland for me to preach the message of revival. I want to see this place revived. I want to, be, I want to see Scotland on fire again. I want to see the God moving in mighty power, that the Holy Spirit falls again in Scotland. Yes, that we see men and women getting saved on the street without a preacher, because God has come. The Holy God has descended. His righteousness, His holiness is brooding over a city. And we pray today that Glasgow will experience the hovering of the holiness of God over the city. Amen. Because when God comes and God hovers, God heals and God saves. 
Because men know that when they stand in the presence of Almighty God, they know of their sinfulness. They know of their unholiness. And they don't need a preacher to tell them. And they fall down. It's happened in Scotland in many places where men and women have been, have been got saved on the street because God has come. And we long to see God come. We long to see a mighty move of God. We long to see the mighty in the land being raised up. To see the powerful message of the gospel being preached forth. Do you feel excited this morning of being, of being part of this? Do you really feel roused this morning? Do you really feel, yes, I want to be part of this? I want to move forward. I want to move on. Well, these mighty men in the land, I want to take you back to, to the beginning. Because God puts a call on every life. I was going to read this at the end, but I'm going to read it at the start because I feel I want to read it. This is from a, a man called uh, Kenyon. Bill put me onto this, uh, onto this book a few weeks ago. And this is what I want to read that he wrote in one of his books. He says this, There isn't a useless member in the physical body. You need every member of your physical body to be healthy, to be whole, to be balanced. I remember my dad worked in the shipbreaking yard at Bowness, where we stay. And he was a shipbreaker, so when the ships came in to get broken up, he was the burner. And he had to burn all the, all the panels, all the rivets off the, off, the, uh, off the ship. And one of the panels slipped and fell on his foot and it, it took off his wee toe. It took off his wee toe, the most insignificant part of your body. But you know, my, my father maintained to this day that he never had his balance back after losing that wee toe. You see, so there isn't a useless member in your physical body. And it's the same... Mr. Kenyon got to say, neither is there in the spiritual body of Christ. God has planned with divine wisdom the body of Christ. And the moment that you are born into that body, when you come into the body, into the kingdom, and you are saved, you have your place in which to function. You know, you have your place in this body. You have this place in this assembly. You have this place in which to function. If anyone thinks that because of lack of training or lack of this or that, he hasn't a place. He is deluded by the enemy. You have a place. I want you to say it in your spirit this morning. You can say it loud if you want. I have a place. I have a place. And God wants you to take up that place. You have a place. And with that place comes responsibility. And with responsibility comes reward or demerit. If you do not take your place in the family of God, in the church and begun to function, the body of Christ is weakened because of it. If you're part of, of this assembly here, this fellowship here, and you fail to function, you weaken this body because every member is needed to function and to be part of what God is calling you to do. That's, that's a serious statement, but it's true. And it says this, if you don't take your place in the family of God and the church and begin to function, the body of Christ is weakened because of it. Some have the idea that their special vocation is to criticise others because they are not doing more. The Holy Spirit is the only one that's in the position to do that. And I believe the Holy Spirit's moving in this room this morning. I really believe, believe the Holy Spirit is moving from the youngest right through to the oldest this morning. The Holy Spirit is moving, is touching 
is, is reminding you. Because I believe this morning there is unfulfilled vision in this room. I really have a sense in my spirit this morning that there is folks actually sitting in this room with unfulfilled destiny, with an unfulfilled vision. You know that God has spoken in times past. You've heard God speak. You've heard God call. But you have decided that you haven't, you don't want to follow. You don't want to live out the call that God has put in your life. And I believe the Holy Spirit is here this morning to awaken that call. I believe the Holy Spirit is here this morning just to touch your spirit, to remind you of the call that he's put in your life. There is not a member of the body of Christ that has not got a call. I'm going to repeat that. There is not one member of the body of Christ that has not got a call and not got a purpose. And as I've said before, uh, in this room or through, in the big church through there, if you have a pulse, you still have a purpose. Amen? If you have a pulse, you still have a purpose in God's plan. Amen? Isn't it amazing that God knows every one of you is here this morning? He knows my heart. He knows your heart. And he's put a message on, on my, and I've got to watch my time here. He's put a, a message on my heart that I, I want you to be still. I want to call forth faith this morning. I want to call forth faith this morning in your call that you believe what God has said about you. You see, we need to stop listening to what other people say about us. We need to, we, we, we even need to not listen to what we think about ourselves. We need to learn what God thinks about us. We need to learn to, to think what God says about us. And God says this morning, you're precious. You are precious. I have called you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. <laughs> you know, that's an Isaiah. And that's a, 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 a tremendous scripture. I have called you. I have called you by your name. And you are mine. And I want to say this morning, as, uh, as members of the body of Christ, we want to, to really... Uh, Get a real sense of the plan and purpose of God for this fellowship. You know, this isn't just a chance fellowship. God has planted you here in order to fulfill his plan and his purpose in God and God. And I believe the days are coming when they'll be queuing up outside this church. I believe the days are coming when there's going to be a breakout and a breakthrough. And I believe that you in this room this morning are, are, the, are the heart of it. And you've, you've got to start believing that. You've got to start believing. You, you might say, but who am I? I'm this age, I'm that age, I've got this wrong, I've got that wrong. I want to tell you this morning, when God puts a call on your life and he's saying, I want you to be at the heart of what's happening here in Garden God, he will equip you. He will equip you this morning that you will become the men and women, the mighty in Garden God. Amen. Wouldn't that be wonderful if you were known to as being the mighty generation that God raised up in Garden God here in Glasgow. And we would pray that it wouldn't, it wouldn't only stop in Garden God, but it would flow out to other parts of the city of Glasgow. I want you, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning 
to Genesis chapter uh, chapter eleven. In Genesis chapter eleven, God has put a call on a man's life. You all know the story of Abram. He hadn't, he hadn't got the breath of God in him at this time. He was just Abram. He wasn't Abraham. He was Abram. And God went into the Earl of the Chaldees and amongst all the idolatry and amongst all the last place we think God would look for a man. But God was looking for a man and he found a man amongst the, the idolaters in the Earl of the Chaldees. And he called Abram. And he, he showed Abraham his glory. The glory of God came to Abraham and earth the Chaldees and put a call on his life. And you know, the nations of the world today are still being blessed by the call that was put in that man's life. Amen? Because it was through Abraham's seed, which is Jesus Christ, that all the nations of the world would be blessed. And yet we see this but I want to just uh, look this morning, if you want to just uh, uh, read from verse 31 maybe. Uh, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, his daughter-in-law Sarah, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from her of the Chaldees to go to Canaan. This was, this was God's call. I'm going to bring you into a land, and that land will be yours, and that land will be filled with a people who will worship God. Oh, we long for that for Scotland, isn't it? You might be the man or woman that God's calling this morning that's going to bring that about. You know, it's not impossible. You know, two old ladies, 183, 186, one blind almost and one crippled with arthritis, and yet they were the two ladies that God used to bring about revival up in the, the Western Isles, amen? 83, 86, living in a wee cottage with a peat fire. But they were, they were women who know what it was to reach into the heart of God. And you might be the woman that's in here this morning. You might say, what can I do? You can be the woman who reaches into the heart of God and brings down revival in God and God. Because God used these two women to do that. It might be a man, it might be a woman. But I believe God is putting a distinct call out this morning. He's rousing your spirits this morning. He's rousing your heart this morning. Because he needs a man. He needs a woman. He can't do it without a man or a woman. He doesn't use angels. He doesn't use uh, the cherubim and the seraphim. He uses men and women. He uses you and me. And he needs people in God and God who will live under his call, who will learn his heart, and who will turn this place here, heart back to God. It looks hard out there, doesn't it? In all these flats, and all these different places, it looks, you say, God, this is too big for us. No, it's not. It's too big for you, but it's not too big for God, amen? To turn the heart of God and God is not too big for God as long as it's got men and women who become mighty in God and mighty in the land, and to turn the heart back to God. Wow, I want to be involved in this. Do you not, David? And it doesn't matter what age of age are you, David, now can I ask you? I'm 84. 84. 
and still wants to serve God. Still wants to be part of the plans and purpose of God. And so we read in Abraham's day that, uh, but when, but, see there's always a but. We actually spoke about this a couple of weeks back uh, in the big church. There's always a but. God, I believe every you've said, but. I believe that you've, you've given me this vision, but. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what is your but? When you know that God has put a call on your life, but you're not fulfilling it. If your life story is getting written like Abram's is getting written here, what would come after the but this morning? What's hindering you? What is stopping you? But, and God had given Abraham a clear call to leave the earth of the Chaldees and come into the land of Canaan. But, when they came to Haran, they settled there. The Greek or, or the Hebrew for that word, they are settled, is really they sat down and did they proceed with the call of God. They had come so far. They had left other the Chaldees. They had travelled all up. If, if, if you've got the map here in your mind, other the Chaldees is down here. They travelled up and down and come down into, into Haran, which is north of Canaan. And they sat down. They had seen the God of glory. They had heard the promises of God. They had heard the call in their life. And they came a distance. But they didn't come the full distance. And they came to Haran. And they sat down. And I believe God is, is saying this morning, if you have never fulfilled the call that I've gave you, why have you sat down? Why have you settled for where you are? God is able to take you the distance, amen. He's able to take you into the land. He's able to take you into a place of fulfillment. Where your destiny and your call can be fulfilled. But Abraham, this great man of faith, he came part of the distance. And then he said, but he sat down and hearing. Wouldn't it have been sad if God had said, well, Abram, if that's how you feel, I'll go and get somebody else. If you feel you didn't want to go the distance, Abram, I'll just go and get someone else. But God didn't do that because it says, in chapter 12. And I want to say just for a, a pass on here. You see, when you sit down and you don't fulfill the call of God in your life, you can, you're in a barren place. It says in this place that, that Abraham's wife was barren. It was a place of fruitlessness. It was a place of barrenness. It was a place of dryness. You see, when you 
hear the call of God and you don't fulfill it. You're in a place where you're not fulfilling the plan and purpose of God. And I'm a, I challenge you this morning as I challenge myself, have I sat down? Have you sat down? Have you come part of the distance that God's calling you, but you're not prepared to go the distance? You might say, well, what can I do? I make all the excuses of the day. But there's no excuse that you can give to Almighty God for not fulfilling the plan and purpose that he's, he's given you. Because when God calls, he equips and he takes you the distance. Amen. It's taken me for 60 years of distance and I'm still searching. I still want to go further. I still want to go higher. I still want to go deeper. I still want to go wider. Because I'm still hungry to see the power of God being worked out in my life. But Abraham sat down and the place where he sat down was a place of barrenness. A place of fruitlessness. We don't want this fellowship here in Garden God to be fruitless, amen? We want it to be a place of fruit. We want it to be a place where people come and see the glory of God being manifested and signs and wonders and miracles, amen? We long to see healings, miraculous healings taking place. Oh, you might say, but oh, 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 listen, God has promised that. And what God promises he will fulfill. And then we go on to chapter 12. And we see the Lord does not just leave you where you are. Hallelujah for that. It doesn't disband you. It doesn't say, well, I gave you your chance. He always comes looking. A second, sometimes a third, sometimes a fourth time. Because he knows that the plan that he has for your life is unique. And nobody else can fill it. I want you to hear that this morning. If God has given you a call and you're not fulfilling it, nobody else can fulfill it because it's a unique call that God has put on your life. Then we come to chapter 12. And the Lord said to Abraham, leave everything behind. And he gave him his promises. He tried to say, look, Abraham, I've called you. But see, if you go the distance, I'm going to abundantly bless you. Amen. You see, God wants to bring you into the abundant blessing that he has for you. And if you're not experiencing overflow, abundance of God's grace this morning, you've sat down. But God's calling again. He's calling this morning. He's calling this morning. See that word that I gave you? I want it renewed this morning. I want it refreshed this morning. I want to tell you, see if you, if you start to fulfill that word that I gave you, your life's going to be overflowing with blessing. And you fulfill the promises of God. And then it goes on to say, I'll make you a great nation, I'll bless you, I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So, What's Abraham going to do this time? Is he going to keep sitting? It says this, and I'm going to do the Hebrew here in English, but this is what he, every version that you'll see is different. But the real meaning between, or the word that he rose or he left, is that he walked. 
That's what it means. And Haran, he sat. But hearing God's call the second time, he walked. And I'm calling forth you this morning that you start to walk in the fullness of the call of God in your life. It says that Abraham walked and he travelled through the land, this great land, and he went on. That uh, And Abraham set out and continued throughout the land walking. I could go to so many other scriptures, but I'm just going to stop here. Because I want to say this to you. You see, when he walked, he pulled up the tent pins. That's what it really means too. That when he journeyed, he took up the tent, the tent pins, dismantled the tent, and moved on. I wonder what tent needs to be dismantled this morning. You might find it comfortable just to be where you are, but it's not where God wants you to be. And I believe that the call that God wants to put in your life this morning, He wants you to take up the tent pants. My original message this morning was going to be on Jabez. And Jabez didn't allow the circumstances of his life to hinder his walk with God. And this is what he said, enlarge my territory. In other words, take up the pins of the tent and make it wider, bigger. Is your vision for your life this morning small? If it's your vision, it will be small. But if it's God's call, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. And he's asking, as he asked Abraham, what will you do? You've sat in here and I called you, but you didn't come the distance. I've met you again and I've called you and I've told you of the blessing, the abundant blessing that will be yours. And Abraham got up and he walked. And as he journeyed, he took up the tent, the tent pins because he was on the move for God. We want the mighty in the land to be on the move for God. Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? Do you know God this morning? Have you come into his kingdom this morning? Because if you've never come to a, a, a knowledge of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, this could be your morning that starts you on this journey. This amazing journey of fulfilling the plan and purpose of God. I'm going to close with one statement. And it's over in, in, uh, in chapter 15. You see, the plan for Abraham, it couldn't be shown Abraham inside the tent. Because when the angel came back, or when the Lord came back to, to Abraham, in, in, in chapter 15, he says, come on, I'll show you what I mean, Abraham. So he took him outside the tent. And this is what it says. Look up at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. What an amazing promise, isn't it? 
What an amazing promise. They couldn't show him inside the tent. If they take him outside the tent, look at the sky, look at the stars. Can you count them? No. I want to tell you that's where, that's what the blessing is of obedience to God. And I'm calling out obedience this morning. As I close with this message, I'm calling out obedience this morning. For you to get up, not sit, and to walk into your destiny. To walk into the plan and purpose of Almighty God. That you might be the mighty men of Psalm 112. That you will be amongst the mighty men and women in the land. And be faithful to the plan and purpose of God. And that you might fulfill your destiny. In Jesus' name. Amen.